I'm not sure what we expect from Metallica at this point. We spent a lot of time with them. I was there when they first were around. They were fast and furious and surprising with the first album. Ride the Lightning, second album, sure that saw them open out and they've been through psychologists to keep the band together. You know, they've released confessional films, some kind of monster film I'm thinking about. They went back to their roots and were coruscated for it in Scent Anger, an album I happen to like. And recently, oh, of course, we've got um, the the two really stretching stretching out albums, Load and Reload, which I really love. But where you sit is where you stand with Metallica, isn't it? Because there are people who say, I remember the early days, and there are people who are revisiting just Unjustice for All, and they're revisiting Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets, and saying this is where it's at, and that link with the new wave of British heavy metal type music will do that. There are some people who say, well, I really liked it when they did more, when they opened out, when Load and Reload did come out. And um, I think over the past few years, what we've seen since they've tried to, I suppose, rehabilitate themselves after the anger at Scent Anger in 2003, let's leave the Lulu album out of this. Generally, people don't really, it was perhaps a step too far. People generally aren't very keen on that album. But certainly with Death Magnetic and with Hardwired to Self-Destruct in 2008 and 2016, you know, this band don't make albums that regularly and understood why they have nothing to prove now. Those two albums, I think, had longer songs allowing them to go to more places. And in a way, thinking back, my view is that you lengthen the songs in order to say, well, then we can touch all sorts of things. We can have a sprint around and get the energy up. We can take it a bit easier. We can bring in new thoughts and new ideas. And my view is that certainly with Death Magnetic, not so much with Hardwired to Self-Destruct, sometimes taking longer to, to tell us about the songs and giving themselves more time in the songs just means that sometimes they mine one seam that I'm not particularly interested in hearing. If you're going to do that, get it over quickly. Let's get some real energy in there, crack through it, and that'll be something special. Don't lay back on it, get some mid-paced stuff going on and then mine that seam. And actually, some of Hardwired to Self-Destruct type I thought that way too. It's a big album. And and I feel the same way about 72 Seasons. It's a big album. Most of the tracks are around seven, six or seven minutes long. Um, Luxy Turner, which is the first track, and we've heard quite a lot of these tracks already. Luxy Turner is short and really benefits from that. But generally... Again, I don't know what I what I expect from Metallica, and you know, they're they're a stately band now. They have proven that they can continue. They have proved to people that they can write good, exciting songs that people will like. So I don't know what we expect and what 
in actual fact I expect from Metallica, but I'm not entirely knocked out by this album. I will re-listen and maybe that will change. Maybe it's a grower, but sometimes these tracks don't go anywhere. The title track, 72 Seasons, and that title is a, is about the 18 years from being born to 18, where, where your life is shaped to a certain extent, hence the broken the broken crib on the front cover lots of things lying around like guitars and that sort of thing um it has a sharp feel to it it achieves a tight groove there is a bit of a sprint in it it has a nice um hammett whittling solo sometimes these solos from mr hammett don't half explode and i like that it links back but it doesn't necessarily go anywhere Shadows Forever, though, sharp groove. When they access a groove, it's great. And there's a lovely groovy solo in here as well. Plus, Screaming Suicide barrels along, so you don't get much chance to say, hang on a minute, where might this go? You're enjoying the thrill ride, and that's part of it. If somewhere's not going anywhere particularly, you need to enjoy the ride, and that's always more enjoyable, probably, certainly in this kind of music, metal if we want to call it that, Metal with classic rock, if you want to call it that. It's much more enjoyable when it's moving at pace. There's a quick chorus here, short demonstrative solo, nicely done. But then you've got things like Sleepwalk My Life Away, which I thought, because it's got a thick Rob Trujillo bass line to start, I thought that was going to be something a bit more interesting, but it settles into mid-pace mundanity, really. Even when that guitar solo kicks into life and achieves some energy, it's warmed over. It's, that's the way it sounds like to me. Crown of Barbed Wire. I thought again the bass was going to really roll this along, but it settles into a comfortable mid-paced groove. It tries to get more of that groove. It doesn't really work for me. And In Amorata, which is the final track, 11 minutes long, the double guitars are lovely here. It move, it, it suddenly um, in the middle has a it breaks for a, a sort of symbol and um, questing guitar section, but really it's so comfortable. It's not going anywhere. It's not giving you extra stuff. It's not giving you side streets to walk up, even if they're dead ends. It's not doing that, and that's a massive issue for me on this album. But there are tracks here that are really well done. And they're generally the tracks where something different is happening. So, for instance, if Darkness um, had a, a son, has an ominous guitar line, the drums slap a little, the riff is rough, it does have a martial groove, but then it tries something a bit lilting in the bridge. The solo explodes into life. It has. I mean, it's not, it's not sweating and running around. This band don't... I mean, they play live excellently, but they're not... They've been doing this for many years now, and so it's not one of those really energetic, huffing and puffing tracks, and it does step back a little, but having said that, it's got different stuff in it. 
Room of Mirrors has a lighter feel. And unlike some of the other tracks here, which just say, we're big, we're going to impose ourselves on you. Here's us up front. It lays everything right on the table. This says, we're just going to come from underneath this. We're going to access a groove rather than dictate it. We're going to present it to you. We are going to run around a bit. There will be a, an odd, almost folky solo with some double guitars. And this is the best thing on, on this album. Why? Because it surprises you. And I think that's it. I thought I knew what to expect from a Metallica album at the moment. And that's what they delivered. What I expected. I'd heard the singles, but even before hearing them, I thought, I think I know what I'm going to get here. Yeah, it's what I expected. Quite a lot of the time, they just continue in the same vein in a mid-paced way, as if to say, we'll just carry on. It's almost as if they're saying, we don't quite, we're waiting for some kind of inspiration to hit, and it doesn't quite. Sometimes, though, it really does. Is this album worth it for those moments? I have to say no at the moment, but a lot of people will love this because it does sound like Metallica, and it is comfortable in that way. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. People know what to expect. They'll like it. They like Metallica anyway. They like the, the size of this. They like the heft. They like the importance of it. The lyrics are quite bleak. It's life and death stuff. And um, it has a, a comfortable shorthand feel of, well, this is big, important metal that has a lot of air in it. And Metallica do that really well. So there are loads of people who are going to love this. I just wanted something that surprised me a little. But then again, what do we want from Metallica at this point, eh? Ta-ta.